Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing OnboardNWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. You know, the beauty of everything that we've shown you today is that it's all free. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, we like to think about the Center for Innovation as the launching pad. So if you don't have any money and you just have a curiosity or an imagination, come down here and get started. Yeah. You know, it's a place where you can find all of the tools. It doesn't cost you to experiment and play. And it may be that you come up with an idea that is the next great um, innovative Peace, and then you can go up to Startup Junkie, and they can help take you to that next level. Yeah, so yeah. we're just a starting place for that. Yeah, I love well, that. And then the courses to get certified on all of the equipment, right. you can take that and build a career off of that. Sure. I mean, Absolutely. with all of the Absolutely. different technology in here. So yeah. so many aspects of, of the expansion are dual purpose for the community, but it really you can utilize it to, yeah, to build a your career. quality of life no matter where you are in right. life. That was David Johnson and Heather Robideau giving us a behind-the-scenes tour of the Fayetteville Public Library expansion. Folks, you do not want to miss this episode. There is so much great information. We can't wait to share it with you. So without further ado, cue the music. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, 
entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilbur. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and today, well, today, let's just say this is an episode that has been a several weeks in the making, if you will. It's something a little bit of a departure from how we normally do episodes here at I Am Northwest Arkansas. I have cobbled together a, a walking tour that I took with David Johnson and Heather Robideau from the Fayetteville Public Library. They were kind enough to invite me down to take a look at the new expansion, uh, both indoors and outdoors. And I got to tell you, folks, it's absolutely amazing. So I got so much information on the walking tour. It was probably an hour and a half uh, that those guys were, were kind enough to spend with me, kind of taking me through the ins and outs of what this new expansion is going to mean for the community, what it's going to mean for each and every one of us that live, not just in Fayetteville, but in Northwest Arkansas in general. And so, you know, and I think it was 2012, the Fayetteville Public Library was ranked one of the best, if not the best public library in the country. And there's a reason for that. And David Johnson and his team of librarians and, and everybody that works at the Fayetteville Public Library really just take, um, a certain level of respect and honor to their craft of what they do as librarians and just bringing us the best uh, that anyone could ever ask for in a city when it comes to a local place to gain knowledge and information. And the Fayetteville Public Library is certainly no, um, they, they're no shrinking violet when it comes to bringing the best and and, and the best talent and best information to uh, this community. And so, you know, with this expansion, they are adding teaching kitchens, event center, a center for innovation, a movement room, a courtyard that can hold up to a thousand people. That's almost the size of um, the downtown Fayetteville Square. I mean, there's just so many aspects to this new expansion. And a lot of times people just hear the dollar signs and say, well, man, what is all this money going to? Well, if you listen to this episode, I think you'll have a much better understanding of where your tax dollars are going. But more importantly, especially for those of you that live in Fayetteville, but more importantly, why so many philanthropic organizations and families have decided to sew into what this library is doing. David Johnson has a vision that's bigger than himself, that's bigger than Fayetteville, it's bigger than Northwest Arkansas even. And uh, these guys have gone all over the world to bring the breast and bright uh, of an experience to us here at the Fayetteville Public Library. So let's just jump right in and uh, learn a little bit more about it. And we're going to take you through each section of the library with a little commentary from me. That's why I said this is a little bit of a different episode than normal. So bear with me, but I think you're going to find real value in this particular episode. So just listen to David and Heather talk with such pride about this expansion and everything that it entails, I think you're going to like it. And listen, by the way, 
All I can do is recommend that when you get a chance, get down to the Fayetteville Public Library and take a tour of the new expansion. It's going to be opening soon. Um, as of the date of this podcast, uh, it hopefully will be opening in the next few weeks. But of course, with the pandemic being what it is, uh, the opening is going to be somewhat modified. So stay tuned for more information on that. But I think you guys are going to like what you hear today. Finally, the last thing I wanted to mention is that you will hear some noise in the background in certain sections of the podcast where we were going through actual construction um, places within the library there. So, But trust me, the sound is good, and there's a lot of great information here. So enjoy this episode. So that is the Hunt Family Gathering Glade. Um, it sees the Bench Rock Amphitheater seating. We just put down the zoysia grass. Um, it can seat up to a thousand outdoors for programming. We've got it all wired up so that we can put a stage out. We can do movies during the summer. Right. We right. can do theater, drama. Um, we can do ballet. We can do yoga. Yeah. Yoga. Um, yeah. It's it's endless possibility. It is uh, physically. It's as large as the downtown square. That's David Johnson talking uh, about the outdoor gathering space, which is basically the courtyard that is around the new structure there at the Fayetteville Public Library. So if you remember the old building, you could look out on the back and see the back entrance to the library. Well, now there's a huge courtyard there. And it backs up to where the E. Fay Jones Park is going to be in the Cultural Arts Corridor. So it's going to be really exciting. But Dave's going to talk a little bit more about that and um, and also about some amazing airplanes. Once the Cultural Arts Corridor comes in, you'll be able to come up the sidewalks and come right into um, the gathering glade space. And then you're going to get a sky bridge view of our preschool area and the airplanes. Oh, man. Um, these look like some of the airplanes that were down at Drake Field. These are airplanes from the Arkansas Air and Mu Military Museum. Wow. You saw them there. Okay. 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 <laughs> the Gypsy Moth and the Gyroplane. Um, and then the, the one that we don't know. I'm not really sure exactly what model that one is on the other side. These are um, all working air. Um, these two are. That one um, is pieced together and painted um, okay. in the Razorback white and red. Right, right. Um, but they're on Man, permanent the ceiling, loan. His height is like. <laughs> so this is preschool. This is for the little kiddos. Right, and right. we'll get a chance when we get downstairs. You'll see um, all of that playscape and area for them to explore and learn. Um, we've got an elevator. Uh, and a grand staircase up, and then a beautiful view out onto School Street. The preschool area at the library is just absolutely amazing. And uh, the first thing I could think of when I first walked into the room was the air, the National Air and Space Museum uh, at the Smithsonian in Washington D.C. It has that feel to it. Can you imagine that being your library? Well, if you live in Fayetteville. That's what you're going to experience. Well, here's some more as David talks about the deli at the library. My stomach is getting hungry just listening to him. Now, who's going to be doing the deli food? We're working with uh, Jeremy Gothrop, who oh, yeah, is um, Woodstone. Woodstone. Yes, yeah, so in the roots. Jeremy is guiding us through that process oh, nice. of creating our own menu. Yep. Um, and developing our own um, He's a good man so food stuff so yeah oh that's exciting a, um, that is exciting you have to get like a 
some kind of um, bacon, egg, and cheese and call it the FPL or something <laughs> like well, that. Well, so what we're working on is we do want to have a signature dish. Right. And we're working on a, a book-shaped panini that will actually have the logo toasted oh, onto okay. the panini. That's special. So <laughs> <laughs> that is special. It's probably going to taste really good, too. So. You haven't heard the last of this deli. Later on, David's going to tell us a little bit more about the impact that he hopes this deli has on our community. And, uh, man, it was just so much information. The next thing we get into is, uh, getting, talking about the ceiling lamps in the grade school area. And more importantly, that space behind the library, they actually own it and they have plans for what they want to use it for in the future. Stay tuned. Man, yeah. I love these lamps. I mean, these these uh, hanging ceiling. Yeah, those are beautiful. And they'll have computers back here. Um, okay. One of the things that I know parents, when we were getting feedback on, is that they didn't want us to lead with the computers right. in the grade school area. Or yeah. So so we listened to that and you have to kind of find it. it. Yeah. Pushed it back that's smart. Just a little that is bit. that's smart. <laughs> let them let them let them embrace the books first. <laughs> So we. this is part of our new inventory of parking. Uh, we're adding 110 new parking spaces. Wow. We also own that available piece of land back there. Um, and we will be at some point developing that. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of people who've approached us with ideas and everything from a bike NWA, a pump track for little kids mm -hmm. on bikes, to raised bed flower gardens, to boutique hotels, to <laughs> you know, Everything. all kinds of things. But you want to put a 21C next to, <laughs> next to the Fayetteville Public Library. That's right. So, we yeah. can do that. And not to be outdone with the parking, but they also have space for uh, all kinds of events that they can hold here at the Fayetteville Public Library and parking for all kinds of vehicles. So they have uh, left no stone unturned when it comes to utilizing the space around the library. That's um, cool. And then on the corner right there, you can see the work being done on the Ife Jones Park. Okay. That's the six acres on the other side of that fence that, that you can see hard hats mm -hmm. working back there right now. Yeah. Now, is that going to be done in tandem with this? or is They that... will not be completed with their project until November or December of 2021. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. For phase one. Yeah. yeah. And so we're going to be out ahead of them by about, it. well, right out of year. Okay. I got you. Um, I got you. Interesting. Huh. This is exciting. So we've got a full-size loading dock where you can back in an 18-wheeler and bring in all of our food sources for the kitchen, the deli, and the, the teaching kitchen. Um, it can handle the largest rig out there so that if we have a production in the event center that is actually, you know, Broadway-esque, mm -hmm. um, we can get the trucks in and out of our loading deck. And we've got a freight elevator um, that can move materials wherever we need them. Wow. Okay. It's temporary. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're turning it off. And so off. many, yeah. so many sounds. I'm sure you guys get inundated all day. How do you? Keep yeah, up the, with the them, beep, so. beep, beep of the backing up stuff. I'm yeah. kind of numb to that one yeah. now. As long as it didn't keep going as a fire of some sort. That's funny. There were definitely a lot of crazy sounds going on during this interview, but um, we held it together throughout the whole time of the tour. Now. I want you guys to really focus here because David shares some really important information about one of the biggest challenges that most libraries face. And I never thought about it this way, but um, 
that that simple challenge is how do you address the needs of teens, right? Um, because the reality is, is that when we grow up and we go to the library as kids, we don't have a choice. Our parents take us there. We go, we're there. But as, as you get older, you have more things that you're interested in outside of the library. So how do you engage that audience? And Dave breaks it down and talks about the focus and intent of the teen section at the Fayetteville Public Library and what they hope to accomplish with it. Listen to this. And then one of the things that's a challenge for all libraries on the planet is their teens. Generally, once the parents no longer are bringing children to the library, the attendance begins to drop off. Exactly. It's about the time when all the extracurricular activities are ramping up. And so we've tried to do some things in our teen design that we think is going to um, draw a bigger audience. Um, so one of the things that's important is teens want to be wherever the adults are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But adults like to read youth literature, yeah. young adult literature. So how do we balance adults being able to come in and get their hands on the materials, but not necessarily where the, the, the youth are? Yeah. So in our design, we'll have a librarian sitting here in this area at the desk. We've got the collection kind of up front loaded mm-hmm. we've got their project room behind you where all the teens can come in and you'll be it's adaptable to do everything from a mock debate to a drama practice to a robotics tournament you can do anything possible you want to do in the teen um, project room okay um, but then as we move our way west through the space we've got a couple of reading nooks on the back with plugs so that they can text to their little heart's desire. They get a great view of the court of the gathering glade um, in this space. But as you work your way further to the west, right about through here, no adults are allowed. Oh wow! So okay. they have two study rooms. Okay. They'll have two bar, uh, restaurant, um, booth seating spaces. Mm-hmm. No adults allowed in any of this back here and this is going to have all kinds of modular furniture stuff that they can move around and mix and seat however they want they've got a gaming room oh man of their own <laughs> they are gonna my kids are gonna love this I mean, they're already, yeah. possibly the best view they look right down on the the Ife jones park wow um and, and you can see the you can the, see the razorback greenway over here yep, and everything absolutely so that's amazing. Absolutely And then amazing. from here, you know, you can see, I've been told that far mountain out there is 30 miles away. Okay. Um, That's probably like uh, across from Devil's Den. Yeah. Yeah. About to 74, yeah. Yeah. That's below West Fork. I would say that might be right. It's beyond West Fork, maybe around Winslow? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes maybe. sense. I think, yeah. I think that, that's what I was envisioning. Yeah. 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 Was that Highway 74? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. But this is all the teen space. This is, you know, we we are planning on giving them their area that they can own. Right. And they can do what they want to do back here. Um, and they don't have to worry about, you know, adults interrupting and getting into their space and 
all those little things that kind of make it that eh. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Want, eh, I, I don't want to go like eh, Although, man. although there, there's a camera, so we keep, <laughs> yeah, now, keep an now, eye on now, folks. We, just so. now, we're not stupid. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we have, we realize our investment here yeah. and that no, we have no, to take care of it. I certainly don't want to date myself, but when I was growing up in Teaneck, New Jersey, we didn't have a special uh, acknowledged space for teens. I wish we did, but um, suffice it to say that David and his team have thought of everything, and it's it's just impressive what they came up with. So I uh, would love um, to get your thoughts once you see that teen space, especially if you have a teenager like I do. Um, my goal is to get them down there spending time as much as possible. They can text, they can play games, but they can also read and talk to other people and um, gain some additional insight that only the library can provide. Now, I want you guys to listen very closely to what I'm about to share with you next, because I think it's it speaks volumes to the amount of detail that goes into what this library represents and what this expansion represents because David and his team traveled the world. Listen to this story. How many libraries did you guys visit to inform your, um, so we went to approximately seven domestically everywhere from Seattle public library to the Orlando public library. Um, I looked at, um, the San Diego public library, the new brand new Austin public library, um, the uh, Salt Lake City Public Library, um, Chicago, um, Indianapolis. Um, but then we did send our architect and a staff member to Europe. Okay. And so they toured Denmark, Sweden, um, some in Aarhus, Dock One, the library at Manchester in England. What we really identified were the libraries that are kind of considered to be the best in the world and um, that were accessible to us. And so that team went over there and came back with a lot of ideas, many of which were those advanced libraries are designing for people and not for books. Yeah. I got That was kind of one of the very guiding principles that they brought back was that they're designing spaces for people so that when you get the people in, then they'll be attracted to the materials and find them that way. Um, so it was a, you know, a lot of traveling around. Yeah. Um, and, Interestingly, you know, so like when we get down and start looking at our innovation center, you'll see a mini model of one that we saw at in um, the Orlando Public Library. Okay. Um, and then you'll see just some of the different pieces that we're very unique and that there aren't any libraries around that are doing everything in one place like we are, yeah. like a teaching kitchen, an event center a uh, center for innovation, a movement room, those things aren't, they may be happening at one-offs mm-hmm. in different libraries, none of them in, in, a, in a library all in one place. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, I think, and in fact, I know we're already beginning to garner some national attention from other libraries. Mm. They're hearing what we're doing and are getting really excited about coming here to see um and getting ideas from what we're doing so that they can take them home and, and do do things for themselves. 
So what you're saying is, is that there's a possibility that you could be one of the top libraries in the country once again. So well, you know, we're super proud of being, uh, you know, the best library in America and the smallest library to ever win the award. And we'll be even more excited to be one of the only two-time winners of yes. this. <laughs> no, there you go. That's it. You have, you have to be thinking optimistically about what's, what's, what could be. So, yeah. But no, this is, this is exciting. I mean, it's, it's not like this is a culmination of, 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 of a lifetime, but it's, it's just kind of like the iterative process of what you've, what you would hope a library could ultimately become for sure. a community. Yeah. You know, I mean, if that makes sense, at least that's how I see it. Yeah. Uh, and I've only been here a short time, but I've talked to people that are lifers and they're so proud of the library here and what it represents and, and just, you know, the way you use it. And I know when we first moved here in 2014, I mean, we could not get our kids out of this library. Yeah. They were here yeah. all the time and because my wife was homeschooling them. Everybody knew everybody on a first name basis yeah. just because they were always here. So, I mean, there's some real benefits to that. Yeah, I have to say that um, it's impressive what Dave and his team have been able to do uh, by taking examples of other spaces and incorporating that into the dream, if you will, of what this library could be. And so I, I look forward to the future and what that holds. But um, I got to tell you, one of the hall hallmarks of this new library is the event space. And I just want you to hear directly from David as he breaks down all that this event space entails. You've not seen anything like it ever before. Check this out. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. Oh, wow. So you're looking at a 60 foot by 26 foot full professional stage, two catwalks, all riggings for theatrical dramatic effects. 24-foot um, video projection for films can seat 700 in a raked seated theater, and we'll show you how that works mm -hmm. um, when we get downstairs. All of those seating retracts into the wall, and now I have a banquet hall for 500. Wow. Um, wow. Or I've got concert standing room only for 1,000. So when you had like uh, what was it, uh, Delia Owens when mm -hmm. she came here, you could have you could have had her right uh, here. All in so one room. Yes. yeah, that's awesome. We've got the um, cherry wood sound clouds, all acoustical um, paneling. Um, we've got L acoustics sound equipment, um, Heath and Allen um, mixing, um, and it is going. It well, it fits a niche. In all of Northwest Arkansas, we've got big, we've mm -hmm. got the Amp, and we've got the Walton Arts Center, and we've got the Bud Walton Arena, Yeah. or we've got small. We've got, you know, the bridges. Uh, we've got small spaces yeah. where you, you, know, you can go to Georgia's and other places like that, but we don't have a medium-sized room that's dedicated for performing. We've got the town center, mm -hmm. but that's really not you know, acoustically set up or designed for the types of performance events and author events and things that we're going to be able to do here. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, it's a, yeah, any type of event that you can think of. If you want to take curtain and rods and curtain and spread this out and have four smaller rooms mm -hmm. for small events, you could bring in a Taekwondo master and teach 300 on the floor. Right. You could have a robotics tournament in here um you know there's so many different things you can do you could start the morning in a conference setting with 
vendor tables and, and different things. And then at lunch, you could spread out, have a banquet, and that night convert it into a um, lecture hall for a guest speaker. Wow. Wow. Um, all of that, it will only takes about 20 to 30 minutes to extend the seating. Um, and, uh, now will there be like, um, a set of like on-demand staff for when you have those big events and that maybe, maybe because if you're not doing it every day or how's that yeah. going to work? So our, our, uh, library staff is currently being trained on how to be able to, to do all the sound engineering, oh, lighting nice. okay. and those things. If you want to bring your own. Um, we will, you know, step back and oversee. But if you if you come in and you need somebody to run lights and run sound, um, we will have staff available to do that. Yeah. Now it does. So we, one of the things that we're very sensitive about is that we're not going to give away for free what people in the community are making a living doing. Yes. So yeah. there is a uh, a tiered charge for the room um, if you're a for-profit if you're a walmart if you're a jb hunt mm-hmm. or a procter and gamble and you want to use this space for something there is a for-profit level then we've got a non-profit price um, and then if you don't have two nickels to rub together um, and it's something the library feels strongly enough about we will partner with you and we'll figure out a way to make it happen okay Okay. Any library program that happens in this space is free. It's free. Anything that's library you. sponsored will be free. Will be free. Okay. You know, but if Brian Crown wants to rent it out for a rock show and charge ticket prices, well, then that's you know, that's yeah. what he does. But yeah. he will pay a for-profit price um, for the space. I mean, I could see that even the Roots doing something. Here, oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm so sure Jeremy, Jeremy said, said that. that. I'm sure. Already, uh, that's already, yeah. already thinking it through, and so. Um, you know, we've got spaces in here for editing down. So if we record a program and do everything in here, we come in real quick, we can edit it and then broadcast and send out okay. um, whatever we want. So wow. it's a super flexible, very high tech professional space. It, it, yeah, I see. This is really nice. You know, one of the things that uh, Dave reflected on, which was a story that he shared with me previously, which was um, about the fact that uh, Maya Angelou, before she passed away, had committed to coming to visit the Fayetteville Public Library and speak. Can you imagine that? I mean, we've had some great people, some great writers come and speak at the Fayetteville Public Library, but it would have been nice to have had an Arkansas native um like Maya Angelou, come and speak at the Fayetteville Public Library. But Dave sh- shares this really cool story about that. And the only thing that wasn't cool about the whole story was the simple fact that her health deteriorated so much that she passed away before she could make it up for her committed time to to speak at the engagement. But uh, listen to what Dave had to share. You know, we, when we were going to be the very last speaking engagement for Maya Angelou. Right, right. And we knew it was going to be a big event. Um, and we knew our space was limited. So we worked with the University of Arkansas. Um, we were going to use their science lecture hall. We were going to do um, every space in the library or whatever. And so we then decided one of the ways we can control this crowd would be to just ticket the event. So we had 2,000 tickets. So we sold, well, they were free, but we just, it was ticketed. Mm-hmm. We moved 2,000 tickets in 28 minutes. I'm sure. I'm um, sure. And, but with this setup, we might not have had to leave campus. We could have maybe have done it all. Right here. All in here. Yeah. And one of the advantages to 
our event center is, like I mentioned, if, so at, but the town center, when they do routes, they have to, so you pay to lease the, the town center. Mm-hmm. You have to pay to put in the staging. You have to pay to bring in the lighting. You have to pay to bring in the sound. And it's just layer on layer. For us, it's all here. You bring the talent. Yeah. We've got everything. Yeah. You know, and, and when Dave says they've got everything, they really do have everything. You have to listen to um, the fact that they have a working kitchen for banquet facilities. Um, I, I just, again, as I walked through this whole space with David and Heather, I was blown away at they, they did not leave one stone unturned. Listen to all of the things that this events center has at its disposal. You'll be amazed. But the flow of food from our teaching kitchen and where the catering will come from will come through this hallway um, on this side. So to our left is the green room for where artists and the talent can hang out before it's their turn to come on stage. Mm -hmm. We're getting it all built. They'll have a video monitor that projects what's going on on stage, and when they come out, go right they there. go right in. Yeah. Yeah. Upstairs, um, to the left on the ramp, is our dressing room where we have table setting, counter tables for all makeup changes, mm -hmm. clothing changes. We've got a, um, a storage room for all the um, the uh, instrument lockers and, and boxes and cargo holds and all that stuff as they come in. Um, but then this is the kitchen. Wow. We've got a full-size walk-in refrigerator and a full-size walk-in freezer on the back side. Oh, man. Um, and then when you come into the kitchen space, the first grill hood that you'll see um, is for the catering piece is all on this side. Okay. And it feeds our deli, which we'll go look at in a minute. So this grill, all of the warming ovens and everything will be set up in here so that as you prepare food to take out for um, catering mm -hmm. can happen in here. Right here, yeah. Imagine that, a commercial-grade teaching kitchen. The Fayetteville Public Library now has one. Listen to how this came together and exactly what is included in this teaching kitchen and also how it, it marries nicely to the deli area for the Fayetteville Public Library restaurant or deli that they're going to have. So this is really cool. But on the back side of this is where we have the teaching kitchen. And so we'll have four pods with four student stations for a total of 16 students and the instructor station here. We'll have the dish pit, warming ovens, all of the refrigeration units all along the wall. Um, and then we'll be able to do our um, culinary classes. Mm -hmm. Starting with, on January 6th, um, the high school students, uh, 16 high school students will come over. Mm -hmm. Chef Adam Simmons from Brightwater mm -hmm. will come down and we begin our very first uh, set of classes for the concurrent credit program in the culinary arts for the high school. Oh, wow. Okay. So that you can actually graduate high school with an associate's degree in the culinary arts. Okay. Um, all of that instruction will be at, from 7 o'clock in the morning until 1030 um, in the morning. And then the rest of the day, we'll be doing different culinary education around um, 
training professionals in this area so that they can go right into the restaurant field. And we met with 30 different restaurant owners and chefs, and they talked about the critical shortage of skilled um, kitchen um, staff. Mm -hmm. And we said, well, what if we use this space to teach the uh, restaurant um, industry like uh, certifications like serve safe serve and the others right, and so right. you can come down you can get that certification and you can go and and get work but the place can also can be checked out for any community use as well so i was just going to ask you that because i'm thinking here if so this is going to be considered a commercial grade kitchen right correct okay all right so then that means that anybody could make something here and sell it outside correct to the public. okay and, and certainly one of the another one of the types of programming that we really couldn't accommodate before were there was a huge demand for cooking classes yeah, uh, yeah. and and now we finally have the opportunity to offer that to the community so uh, so we'll much like other programs here we'll have those kind of intro level cooking classes or specialty types of cooking, maybe a featured cookbook author that can actually cook some recipes out of their cookbook yeah, and feature of that. Like, uh, Dragon Chef Wagon Aaron or Rowe or yep. something like that, the Ozark Culinary oh, Tours. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. she would be great. Um, and, and, then, I, and it can broadcast out. So if they're in here working, if you're just out in seating from the deli, you can you can, you can see, what's, you going can see what's going on and hear what's yeah. going on. Yeah. 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 You know, it's a... You know, we have ideas and plans, but then the community is going to help guide us as to how they would also want to use the space. Mm -hmm. And so both all the library program side of things, as well as there may be, uh, you know, chefs in the making out there who have ideas, but they don't have the money to go, um, you know, lease a place and begin trying to develop a menu. They can come down here and um, do that. Or maybe you've got a bumper crop of tomatoes in your garden and you don't have a place to can it all exactly um you can come down um and and do those things in in here um and so yeah this is going to be exciting to see how it develops um and you know the demand that we already know exists the new demand i mean there's not that many commercial grade kitchens anywhere anywhere no like because somebody told me there's like one in little rock and there might be one here, but just getting access to it is the problem. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I don't think we're going to have a problem drawing attention. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not at um, all. So. And, but even though, you know, Randy, you could say, you know, I've got a friend who's a great chef, and I'd like to have 16 of my friends come in and have him teach us how to make XYZ. Right. And you just check the place out for an evening. Yeah. Um, maybe you want to... Maybe you want to offer your friends a sommelier class taught by a local sommelier so you could just check the space out um, and and go through a course in the evenings on sommeliers. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, The opportunities and ideas are endless. Well, so that's why I say, you know, your imagination is your limitation. Right. So if you can imagine it, the space will be able to uh, facilitate it. What do you think? That's pretty impressive, huh? A commercial grade kitchen available for your personal use, available for your business use. For those of you that want to start a business, um, you know, I know this pandemic has been a challenge for a lot of people and a lot of restaurants are having challenges just staying afloat. But um, there's always going to be opportunities for new cuisine out there. And, you know, who knows, maybe the commercial kitchen at the Fayetteville Public Library is going to be the best testing ground for you before you step out and start spending a whole lot of money trying to get your restaurant idea off the ground. But who would have thought 
that you could do it at a public library. Well, at the Fayetteville Public Library, that will soon be very possible. The other thing that's really cool about this kitchen area is that it's connected to the deli, uh, what will be known eventually as the Fayetteville Public Library Deli or the FPL Deli or something along those lines. I think the name is still being worked out, but the bottom line is the idea behind this deli and the what they would hope to achieve with this deli is pretty special, but I'll let David tell you more about that. But this is also the deli seating area. We've got, it's all wired up so that we could do open mic nights and have somebody playing guitars or saxophone or piano um, in this space. I mean, this is all the deli seating um, oh, wow. around here. And then we have outdoor deli seating um, on temperate evenings and mornings and lunches. Um, People could just come down here and say, meet me at the library for lunch. Right. So, so here's yeah. the deli. Yeah. Um, we call it deli. We don't know if it's going to be a bodega. We don't know what we really are going to call it, but we're doing deli as shorthand now. Sure. Um, but with Jeremy and our conversations, there are certain things we're looking at. We're going to start simple with soup, salad, sandwiches. Um, and But the key to what we're doing is, um, you know, I want people who come to the library to be able to to stay at the library and not have to leave to go get food. Right. But I also want to address the fact that we have people who come to the library and some drive Porsches and some walk up from Seven Hills. Yeah. So I've got, we've got a wide range of customers. Sure. And I want everybody to afford, be able to afford something at the library. So our design is that all the pricing will be based around covering the cost of labor and food product. All the fixed costs come out. It is not a profit-driven okay, model. Um, so, for example, at Woodstone Pizza, you pay $15 for a pepperoni. I take out all the fixed costs, and that same pizza is less than $5. Right, right. So if we're making a panini that all the fixed costs are taken out of, and I can get a panini for a buck and a half. Right. Yeah. Or I can get a cup of soup for a dollar. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that that's the model. I want everybody to find something that they can afford. I love that. Um, the other piece of it is, you know, the this area, it's, it's no mystery. It is, you know, food insecurity is Huge. astonishingly high. The pandemic has, has, <laughs> has ripped a Band-Aid off that nobody, we didn't realize was as bad as it is. Right. So, yeah. And so, um, and we know that, and Heather, y'all have done a really good job of putting together, a, a, I call it a roadmap of places where people can go every day and go find a free meal at some kitchen or uh, food, um, uh, you know, what do they call them, a pantry or, or whatever. So our goal will be that one day a week, whether it's a breakfast or lunch or a dinner, we're going to serve free meals to the community. Um, I think it's ideal um, for the role that we play in the community, but also for the students and the people who work here to have an opportunity to work with people that they may not ever get other opportunities to work with and to serve other people. So whether that's a real hearty uh, rice and beans that will sit on your stomach for a full day or whether it's, you know, a a hearty soup with bread or whatever, you know, Jeremy, we're going to kind of come up with what that would be. Um, But uh, I just think that it's important that 
that we fall into that model because we already attract that audience exactly here yeah, yeah, let's yeah. see what we can do to help um on the culinary and nourishment side as For well Sure, because every time i would come up here i'd see the same people yeah that you know that would come up here and they'd be here for hours on yeah end, so, yeah yeah you know so yeah there's no mystery um, there but i think that's great yeah and there's even one additional opportunity that we have which in terms of city resilience so if we endure another ice storm or another natural disaster, mm-hmm. or too bad we didn't have this kitchen available when the pandemic first hit and we could be feeding 20,000 people a meal. Right, right. Um, but, but this kitchen could then be turned over to um, just volume. We can create 50,000 meals in a day. We've got an event center where we could put out cots for people to sleep. Right. We've got a parking lot where a helicopter could land. We could be a home base and station for um, just city resiliency. We're yeah. all on um, gas-fed um, generators, so we would have power. Right. Um, we have restroom facilities. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's another role. Heaven forbid we... Ideally, we'll never have yeah, to do that. Yeah, let's hope we never have well, to do that. Let's hope that never but, happens. Uh, if it but, were you know, to come up, at least we're ready. Right, so. exactly. Yeah. Um, no, we're that's, a, that's we're a centrally located space where people can get to us and we can serve them a meal and provide a warm place for them to stay. Wow. One of the cool things that David uh, made us aware of was the significance of the McElroy entrance, uh, named after the people that ha- owned McElroy Bank and um, have been uh, – Individuals that were the donation of land to the University of Arkansas to establish the university. And uh, the McElroy family has been around Fayetteville for years in Northwest Arkansas. And um, they, they've, they've played a major role in uh, a major philanthropic role uh, with the library. And uh, David had some interesting stories to share about that and the significance of that uh, McElroy entrance there off of School Street. In addition, he also had a really cool story to share about his, uh, the, the fact that, um, he was so impressed by the bathrooms in a lot of airports where you don't have to touch anything and how that played into the design of bathrooms at the Fayetteville Public Library. And well, let's just say the women that come to the library will never, ever have to wait in line for a stall. Just, just hear what David has to say about that. What you're looking at really is the McElroy entry to the library. So the McElroy family, you know, they dedicated the land that the University of Arkansas sits on. They had the popular bank in town that was sold to Arvest. Oh, right. um, and Hayden McElroy is still a figure in town. And so um, through a generous donation, um, this is the new Hayden or the McElroy family entry. And with that comes... Uh, the very first safe, bank safe, in the history of Arkansas as a donation. He's donated his family's safe, and we'll have it in this vestibule here. Mm-hmm. He's donated the four patriarch portraits that have been painted, the grand- grandfather, grandfather, Hayden's dad, and Hayden. Okay. Um, and then all through this entry area, the adult um, services staff are going up and, and looking at the uh, McElroy archive and we're going to build sort of the history of Fayetteville through the McElroy family sure. um, in this area. So we're on School Street at the McElroy entry. Okay. So our public rest, so when you come in off of School Street and you come through 
come up at that south parking area and you enter into this sort of gathering space before you go into the event center. We've got our public restrooms. We did not know um, how the foresight that we had. I really like airport bathrooms because I don't have to touch anything. Yeah. I don't have to grab a door handle and I can just wave at the at the sink and I can get soap and water. And so we have done that. In a pandemic world, a no-hands bathroom facility is is ideal. Right. And so we have both the, the large public restroom spaces. And one thing that always bothers me is to see a line of women waiting to go in because there aren't enough stalls for the yeah. females. And the men are just coming and going, yeah. and there's no line. Heather's like, yeah, right. So Absolutely. we have doubled down and quadrupled the number of stalls and spaces on the female, female side, side and uh, given the men just enough. Just enough. <laughs> yeah. So after we left the McElroy entrance there and went back up to the... <clears throat> what is going to be the youth area of the Fayetteville Public Library where you'll have the preschool area, the uh, the young people, as well as the teen rooms. Um, we got a chance to check out the story time room and project rooms, and there's something for all of the young folks that are going to come to the library and some really interesting things that they're going to be doing with the young people at the library and some exhibits and things that you're going to see there that you may not see any other place. And I'll let David kind of walk you through that and give you an idea. So just imagine being in this huge open area as you look around and see all these different sites and these little rooms that you can go from one to the other. And it just makes it easy for parents that come with multiple children to be able to, from a simple glance, kind of see, survey the whole area and, and really keep your eye on your kids while letting them roam free to explore. Here's David. So you first walk in and you see these planes. They look different from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, to Heather's point, you know, we didn't want you to walk right in and see computers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all the computing pieces are going to be along the east side there yeah so the first thing you'll see are books yeah and then we've got the parenting kits in the area back there beneath the stairwell is the read aloud space and then all of these little meeting rooms are for kids can do either homeschool or you can check one out and meet with a tutor or a counselor or um, just have a quiet place to read um, elevator for ada compliance and for Parents with strollers um, can get upstairs, or you can take the stairways up. And like Heather had said, if you've got little ones down here, you can send a grade school up there and still be connected. Right, right. Um, and then this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so in our current world, you know, our story time room, which we've outgrown, it was, functions also as our project room. And... Um, we decided we're going to break them apart. And so we've got a project craft space for little bitties Mm -hmm. with rubber floor and sinks, and they can do glitter bombs and throw glue and do whatever they want to do (laughs) all in this space here. And it's adjacent to the story time. So in the new story time space, um, 
much, much bigger, more like the walker room, which we use today. It's got the puppet theater. Um, and Because a, a story time room wouldn't be complete without a puppet theater. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, but when we move them to the walker room, because there's 110 kids, we lose our puppet theater. Oh, okay. All right. And yeah. so it's only when we have a smaller group that we can do them in that use um, that. and do that. So yeah. um, this room fits that mold. And it certainly allows us to either do things simultaneously or one after the other here because you don't have to stop and flip a room to a different a different setup. Mm -hmm. Clean up a mess. Before you can do a different type of program. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And then we solve the problem of if you've got three or four little ones with you and you're in here at story time and then one of them gets to cranky pants and you got to take <laughs> them out, you can at least have a glass wall and keep your eye on the other ones. Mm -hmm. In today's world, if I take one out of walker room, I can't see into the walker room with the so I'm going to grab them all. Right, um, right. Outside the space, uh, we're working with a beekeeper who um, has glass hives. Mm -hmm. So right outside the window, there'll be some glass beehives. And so the kids can watch the bees coming and going and making their honey. And up on our rooftop garden that we just put in, we've got a wildflowers are growing up oh, there. Okay. So kind of create a little monarch uh, butterflies or yeah okay yeah. all right and, nice. and we're going to be teaching class adult classes this spring in, in that regard too yeah, yeah. With, with that with apiary and yeah that's cool. she used the technical name I i've never i've never seen the uh, a glass um Beehive, I haven't so. either. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I can't kind of, So that. when That's I was growing up, I remember anytime you drove, there was a restaurant, I think it was in Russellville, that you could stop at. And they had a glass beehive or like a glass wall with bees right behind it. And you could see them doing the thing. And mm -hmm. it was like, wow. As a kid, I was fascinated. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, now we get to do our own. I can appeal to my own kid again. Yeah, I like that. And I see like that, that space. I don't know about you guys, but I can't wait to see what a glass beehive looks like. It just sounds cool. In my mind, I can see it, but I've never seen one in real life. So um, whenever I go to the Fayetteville Public Library, I'll, I'll be sure to make a beeline, no pun intended, to the young people's area where I can take a look at that beehive. And I think you'll be able to even see it from the outside as well. So that's kind of cool. But um, it's just like the Fayetteville Public Library to have something like that to keep the kids engaged. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, preschool. So, you know, when we went to the voters with a list of items for things that we wanted to do, you know, one of the key components was um, double the size of youth service. Mm -hmm. And so we've accomplished that. And in doing so, we've decided to break it up into three areas. So we've got this large preschool area. We've got a grade school area and then that teen library. Okay. So we've been able to double the size um, and create an innovative, um, unique space. Hmm. Um, I like the, 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 the number in 2020 FPL. Yeah, November 2020 <laughs> FPL. That's when it came to us. So. Yeah, that's And in that cool. one, we will probably be, um, the pilot will change. So it may be Santa Claus during the Christmas time, mm -hmm. and we'll pull it out, and it may become the cat in the hat for a little yeah. while, or maybe uh, it becomes... A rampaging Razorback. It or? can be a Razorback. <laughs> it can be a Bulldog. Um, you know, it, it will be the one where we can do some fun things and change the pilot out 
depending on what's happening in the community or what season it is yeah. that we're doing it. Yeah. Maybe we put, you know, Darth Vader up there or, you know. Anybody. Hey, anything's <laughs> yeah. fair game anything in this we area. Yoda. So. Yeah, 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 it's got to be Yoda. Sure. Yeah. Maybe Yoda, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Wow. Then just right around the corner. Um, so if you recall, the, in, a, in our youth services area there, the brightly colored um, bathrooms and everything. And so we've kept that model. We've also got a stroller um, corral so that moms and dads can park strollers. And then we've got the brightly colored um, bathrooms. And then at the far end down here, we've got the nursing room. So we have uh, for mothers and, and those who are nursing but inside those spaces, we've also got uh, a monitor that will be playing um, story times or other things so that if you've got two or three with you, they can be entertained while oh, you, you do what you, do, you, do what you okay. have to do. So. Man, it's just so much. Every time we took a turn and went into another room, there was something new to see. Um, but now as we kind of wind our way towards the end of this tour, uh, we made it down to the Hunt Family Center for Innovation. This is the inspiration uh, of the makerspace where there is going to be a lot of innovation and creation that's going to take place uh, within the four walls of these rooms here at the Fateville Public Library. And, um, you know, just just hear what David has to say about these rooms and about the impetus behind them. And, um, certainly there, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for innovation. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for workforce development. And, uh, this is, I mean, this, this, this area here, the Hunt Family Center for Innovation is going to provide something for everyone, literally everyone. But, uh, don't take my word for it. Hear what David has to say about that. FPL was one of the first libraries around to have like a 3D printer. We were one of the first libraries around to do robotics training or classes and things. And we knew maker spaces and fabrication lab, fab labs were, you know, an area we were already in. We really didn't have a dedicated space for it and working with nerdies and others. So we know we wanted a, a maker space. Mm -hmm. But the more we thought about it and then we went and toured the Melrose Center at the Orlando Public Library mm -hmm. and we had a whole mind shift around what uh, uh, a maker space could be and we really found ourselves in the place uh, where it's just about an area of innovation creation and imagination okay. and so let's go take a look at our um, Hunt Family Center for Innovation Okay. Out here, you may see a, one of our simulators. We might put the uh, flight simulator out here, mm -hmm. so we'll be able to uh, do flight trainings um, and different things like that. This is our traditional maker space um, where we'll be doing all of the robotics, Arduino coding, anything you can think of. It's a place where you come and make things at the library and not just take things. Mm -hmm. um, all digitally wired with monitors. Then in our simulation lab next door um, is where we will have, I mentioned the flight simulator, but mm -hmm. we're also looking at, uh, we will be purchasing a, a backhoe simulator, mm -hmm. a forklift simulator, a driving simulator, and a commercial truck driving simulator. Oh, wow. okay. All with a curriculum, of which when you pass those classes, you'll get a certified 
uh, be certified uh, and in those things so that hopefully if you go apply for a job or whatever and you put that certification on your resume or application your resume will go to the top it's about workforce development exactly Um, we've got kitchen workforce development and then we've got these other trades okay so when Ivan Crossland who owns Crossland Construction who's our lead contractor here when he came down and saw it we asked him, I said, you know, if somebody came to you with a backhoe simulator certification, would you hire him? And he said, absolutely. Okay. I love that. You should have seen the glint in David's eye when he told me that story about Ivan Crossland. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. And, you know, that's one of the biggest things in this country that we need is more workforce development, um, even at a young age, right? I'm always telling my son, you need to learn uh, a trade as well as everything else that you learn. I mean, people aren't learning carpentry anymore. People aren't learning to be an electrician. Uh, people aren't learning um, a lot of the trades. And you're going to be able to do some of this right at the Fayetteville Public Library. And so I think that is uh, going to be a game changer for our community as a whole. And I think what um, what David and his team at the Fayetteville Public Library are doing is nothing short of extraordinary. And uh, they are taking it upon themselves to reinvent how how education is done, how people learn, how people tinker and engage and try new things. And um, you're going to be able to do that uh, within the four walls of the Fayetteville Public Library. Now, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention music and arts and um, video. And that was the last section of the tour where we visited the sound studio. And I got to tell you, folks, it is beyond reproach. This sound studio is absolutely amazing. But I'll let David tell you more about that. And again, when you get the chance, come down and check it out. And if you're musically inclined, you will be in heaven when you visit this space. You know, Fayetteville's a music town. We love live music. Sure. And so one of the things I always felt like would be um, unique and neat for us was if there was a pl- free place where people could come and do professional um, recordings. Exactly. And so we built a professional recording studio. Nice. Um, immediately, you notice the geometry of the yeah. walls yeah. are different. It's all, we're finishing up the acoustic paneling. We'll get the ceiling in, um, then we'll put our hardwood floor down. But it is, um, we had a kind of a choice to make about, do we want to really have a true fidelity or do we just want to have a neat place where people can record? And we decided to go all in and build a true, professional, high-fidelity recording studio to the extent that there's a triple-layer ceiling above us, above the drop ceiling you see here is another layer of ceiling tiles with two layers of acoustic tiling on top of it Mm -hmm. the floor is floating so that there are no um, subsonic sound waves can penetrate into this floor because it's literally not connected right you see this rubber seal sure this layer of concrete is not really connected other than that rubber layer around there okay um We'll have all the backline instruments, you know, drums, guitars. We'll have a Steinway in here. The Hall family have donated a Steinway. In fact, if you've ever seen the Steinway up at the Pryor Center, 
in their lobby, that's ours. Oh, it's temporarily. Okay. Yeah, 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 up yeah. There. Sure, so sure. that I've one's going to come down. I mean, we'll have all of the instruments and things here, so anyone in the community can come down and record music. We have a you know the engineer studio. We're going to be running Pro Tools um, mm-hmm. as a recording software. You know, if you go to Nashville, Vegas, you go to any recording studio anywhere, they're using Pro Tools. Right. Yeah. And we're going to be offering a series of classes and certifications so that um, before we let you just walk in here and start doing something, you're going to have to show us a level of competency. Mm-hmm. And after you've taken all of the four levels of classes, then you can just walk in, we'll throw you the keys, and you can come do whatever you want. I got you. But it'll all be in, in the, the Pro Tools um, suite. We have an isolation booth on the uh, far side, so you can do your solo, you can do your... Um, instrumentalists and different things in that area um, we couldn't do just audio <laughs> without doing the video so we have a video studio that's just now oh. getting finished out so got the green wall and everything this one will have a cyclorama so it'll all be rounded off green wall acoustic tiles we'll have all the lighting we'll have um three cameras you can come in here, you can do a video, you can interview uh, a client, you can you know, cut a commercial for yourself if mm-hmm. you wanted to. Mm-hmm. The beauty is it's all free. And we'll have all of the editing software in the bays outside in this, this area as well. I'll be, I'll be using this spot for sure. <laughs> this and the, and the podcasting studio, I'll be using these both. Um, you know... That, you know, the beauty of everything that we've shown you today is that it's all free. Yeah. You know, it's a, we like to think about the Center for Innovation as the launching pad. So if you don't have any money and you just have a curiosity or an imagination, come down here and get started. Yeah. You know, it's a place where you can find all of the tools. It doesn't cost you to experiment and play. And it may be that you come up with an idea that is the next great, um, innovative, Peace, and then you can go up to Startup Junkie, and they can help take you to that next level. Yeah, so yeah. we're just a starting place for that. Yeah, I love well, that. And then the courses to get certified on all of the equipment, right. you can take that and build a career off of that. Sure. I mean, Absolutely. with all of the Absolutely. different technology in here. So yeah. so many aspects of, of the expansion are dual purpose for the community, but it really you can utilize it uh, to, yeah, to build a your career. quality of life no matter where you are in right. life. Yeah. I don't know about you folks, but um, I'm just getting excited listening to all, all of these different things that are available to everyone uh, that is a, um, that has a library card. And I got to tell you, you know, when I hear this and, and just as Heather and, and David had described all these things that are available, you know, it, it reminds me of the gift that just keeps on giving. Imagine being able to get certified on a lot of the different uh, pro tools that are available, certified on some of the software to utilize some of this equipment that they have. And to the point where, you know, you can run a full fledged sound studio. I think that's pretty amazing. And you could do that all for free. So, you know, the possibilities are endless. And I know a lot of you are listening to this and your mind is racing about all the things that you want to do as soon as the library opens up. And and if you're listening to this and it's already open, I think that's really exciting. So, you know, let's just, as we wind this up, start, start thinking about 
how you want to take advantage of the Fayetteville Public Library. If you're new to the area, you just have to visit it and get a library card. If you have been here for a long time, but you've just never took the time to set foot in the library, you need to do that now. That needs to change. And and in a minute, you're going to hear why, because uh, David and his team are making accessibility to the library a 24-7 experience. So I think you should check this out and understand uh, what that's all about, because they're going to make it um, much easier and lower the bar to entry for people that need to utilize the library for a variety of reasons, um, whether they need it at six o'clock in the morning, uh, at midnight, at 3 a.m., the library will actually be available to you. And I think that's kind of cool. And that's something that you don't find in even major cities that have um, multiple library branches. So uh, check this out. There's the photography studio, okay. so you can go. We'll have cameras and lights and light boxes, so you might be make you might make jewelry, mm-hmm. um, pottery, and you need some really high professional quality photographs. We'll have the light box where you can come down, take those, put them up on the web, sell your wares, and then do whatever. We've got dressing rooms for costume changes for both the video studio or the photography studio. We'll have 12 different workstations and spaces in here, and in the back of there will be the two podcasting suites. Okay. Um, we'll be in this area. Okay. The Part of it is we want to just build a culture of creativity where, you know, those innovative ideas just smash up against one another and people work together and collaborate who might not have ever, you know, thought about, oh, wow, I'm building a robot that, with a virtual reality piece to it and i'd like oh i hear a person in the back making a country music song maybe i want to put that in what i'm doing so we meet up just hanging out out here and collaborate and you collaborate and that's when those ideas just collide yeah i love that Um, and we want a culture where people just want to come and hang out you know and create and make stuff this is awesome this is really cool so um you know the hunt family saw the potential and they see the vision and they understood what we're trying to do and so they made a very generous donation um to the hunt family center for innovation and the hunt family gathering glade Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, their five million dollar gift really is going to help us um narrow down the gap on our capital campaign okay I just can't wait for this thing to be open. I mean, I can't wait for it to be open, really. Yeah, you know, um, we think the first of the year, uh, we had thought we would be able to get in um, in early December, mid-December, but we're running into some supply chain issues with those ceiling tiles. I've been waiting on a door, an outside door for my house since July. Yeah. And it's just, everything's out of stock. And, you know, it's like, before I can get safety certification or pass these things we've got to have these things and so um you know we're going as fast as we can um as safely as we can yeah and then we've met with the uh city board of health Mm -hmm. brought them down Um, they toured and they have come back with a set of guidelines for how we can safely open the space to the community when it's the right time Mm -hmm. Um, we're not going to be able to have that opening day big festive gathering of thousands and different um, party type atmosphere we will be doing that someday Mm -hmm. Um, but to open it's going to be a much slower controlled 
slow roll, as I call it. Right, and right. so um, how we introduce these elements to the community um, during this particular time um, is going to be, you know, critical uh, for our safety, mm-hmm. um, library staff safety, volunteer safety, and clearly the community safety. Um, how do we do it smartly so that um, we don't become a, a super spreader, you know? Um, yeah, because that's become the, no- the norm nowadays, so, you know, but uh, you just got to be careful. So many people are at risk. So. Yeah, and they've given us the guidelines, and so now we have to turn those guidelines into a plan. Thankfully, we've got time to do that, yeah. and when it's the right time, uh, we'll begin um, communicating more uh, with the community about how we're going to do it. We missed a great opportunity with Theater Squared. We were going to be able to do a Christmas carol Mm -hmm. on the main stage in the event center, Um, but we just can't get um, the lights commissioned and the sound commissioned and um, other things. Just They wanted to start on December 2nd, and we just are not going to be ready. ready. In addition to having to beg off some early opportunities to use the space at the library, they have figured out that there were going to be some changes that were going to take place because of the pandemic that might be permanent changes at the library in terms of the way that they do things. And David talks a little bit more about that. Um, I'll be interested to see how does the community respond to opportunities to, to meet in large groups. Um, yeah. It would be, it's one thing for Pfizer and Fauci to say, okay, the vaccine's ready and, and, it's one thing for the science to say we can do it. It's another thing for us psychologically oh, to yeah. say I'm ready yeah, to do it. Yeah, that. no, trust me. Um, know. You know, you That's may say I challenge. can do it, yeah, but I'm not going to be challenge. ready. And, and um, our ability to adopt all of these new rules and restrictions and just the way of life has been hard as it is. So it's and really if, difficult. Uh, the, in the, uh, the pandemic of 1918, um, it, I... Matt Petty uh, told me, he said in that book, um, it says it took four years for America to recover from that event um, before we returned to our norms. Yeah. And even as we returned, and even the library is not going to go back to totally normal because we've introduced some new things like curbside service and live streaming of our programming that we're going to keep doing forever Absolutely. because they've been so well received yeah. and there's an audience and it's a way for us to connect people to the library and what we do. Um, so we'll, it will be a new normal for us mm-hmm. um, whenever we get back yeah. to, you know, being able to smile and open the door <laughs> and say, come on in. <laughs> yeah. That's what you tell people. You got to smile with your eyes. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Let's have a, them, let's so. have a big part. And someday we are going to have one big shindig here yeah. to, to celebrate um, and be thankful to the community for what they've done, which is allow us to build this. Yeah, I mean, this absolutely. is the people's house. This is their library. They've just, fortunately for us, given us the opportunity to dream big yeah. um, and, and, to steward it, and, so. and give, it, give them everything we can. Yeah. So. I don't think we miss much. No. (laughs) No, that's awesome. That is awesome. So, yeah, this is great. 
That's just great. I really appreciate this. I've been jonesing to get in here. Every, every time a friend of mine is like, oh, I took a tour. I'm like, oh. <laughs> When's my like, turn? Yeah, I got to get in here, man. You were place, on the list. So. We, were, we, were, yeah. we were right there. In yeah. fact, I'm doing tours tomorrow and Friday with folks. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. No, I know how that is. So, no, that's great. I really appreciate this. Yeah, and I'm excited bet. to be able to tell this story. So Head back out this okay. way and get out of hard hat space. Yeah, yeah. And now you're in the... The 88,000 square feet. This used to be our shop. This was, in fact, this was our facilities. Man, he pointed this out the other day. This was his office yeah. <laughs> right here. And uh, had all of his tools and everything over there. Right, right. Our friends' um, storage. So, but what are the, the advantages of, you know, we look for silver linings. And so... And Heather and I were talking about this earlier. We were talking about how because we don't have to be perfect right on day one, mm-hmm. all polished and shiny, we're going to have an opportunity to kind of open it slowly and manage our processes and learn how to work in the building. And um, I think it's it, that's an advantage to us yeah. as opposed to the pressure of being on the money day right, one, right, you know, right, and the expectations yeah. way up here. It's almost like a dry run start, you know, right. you can yeah, yeah. kind of take your time and get acclimated to things and, you know, you're not under as much pressure. Yeah. You know, we know human behavior enough to say, you know, Heather and I plan this so that when people walk in, they all should go left. Well, funny, look, everybody's going right, you know. So if you're not flexible and, and the let... plans of mice and men. Yeah, and let let the community tell us how they want to use the exactly. building, and then we can respond. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Last but not least, hear how high-tech the library is about to go when it opens again. You will not believe this if I told you myself. So I'll let David tell you all about the new technology that'll be taking place in the library that it's exciting though i must say red box at the library but nothing like it um you know it's going to be interesting to see how the technology around this open plus system that will allow us to be open 24 7 right right one of the big advantages to it is that we will be limited occupancy Due to the, pa- the, the pandemic. Uh-huh. And so it will be able to tell us how many people are in the building at any one time. Oh, wow. And where they're congregated. Okay. So that if we see clusters of people uh, doing, you know, when we should need to go down, they're not following social distancing sure, stuff. We can sure. go in and recommend that, hey, y'all need to, to move apart. That's good. That's um, good. So... Then we'll be putting in all of the red boxes where people can come in and, you know, get new fiction, books, DVDs, and all those different things. It'll be like a red box that you see at Walmart. We'll have laptop vending machines so you can swipe your card and check out a Mac or check out a Chromebook. Um, We'll have a holes locker, so if you can't come to the library during our normal operating hours but you can put an item on hold you can have it put in the hold locker out here swipe your card and the door will open and pull your item out that's i like that i like that because that's almost like literally 24 7 service well and you know one of the things that 
that it bothers us is when Heather's team is closing down at night and they've just watched a group of nurses come up and get ready to study for an exam in the morning and there's only 30 minutes left in the evening yeah. and they have to tell them you've got to leave. Now we can say, but you're free to come down to the 24-7 space and, and complete your studying. Yeah. Finals week and all of those things. Anytime we survey the community and anytime we talk to people in groups, the first or second thing they talk about is, can you increase the hours? Yeah. Well, that's expensive. Uh-huh. And so what we can do, though, is we can open up this part of the library 24-7 unstaffed. And if you respect it and you don't do a bunch of stupid stuff, um, maybe we open up more. So there are about 450 installations of the software in Europe. Hmm. Um, and what they've learned is that it, they've become self-policing. The people yeah, with the privilege yeah, exactly. don't want to give it up, right. and so they don't let people do um, take advantage of take things, advantage yeah, of things yeah, and do silly smart. stuff. Yeah. Um, but the software also will monitor if someone comes in and doesn't move for 30 minutes. It sends a security alert, so you can come do a welfare check yeah. and make sure someone's not sleeping one off or something like that, or heaven forbid, have a health problem. Right. But right, it also, right. once you get your special card. You know, if you swipe in and you've got a friend with you who doesn't, it'll say, hey, welcome to the library, Randy. I see you have somebody with you who doesn't have a card. Um, and then you have to, you know, tell them they've got to go until they pass. You know, it's all about going through the orientation and learning what's going So how many cards will, will, is anybody eligible to get a card as long as they get, okay. Yeah, as long so, as but you, you only allow a certain number of people in at a time? Only during the pandemic. After that, um, there is no occupancy limit on how many um, can be in 24-7 space. Okay, I got you. That makes sense. sense. I don't, you know, I don't think it was going to be too crazy. The worst time would be finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because finals, I mean, these kids are in here. Oh, yeah, yeah, we doubled the size of the place, and there will be double the number of students in here. Right, right, right. Um, So... Well, there you have it, folks. You've heard it right from the horse's mouth. David Johnson and Heather Robideau gave us the uh, $35 plus million dollar tour. I don't know the exact figure. The, the exact figure of what it costs to build this space pales in comparison on the, the ROI of the expansion for the Fayetteville Public Library. I cannot wait for you guys to see it. Some of you that are listening to this podcast have already been inside. Some of you are going to come inside. Some of you can't wait to check it out for yourselves. And even some of you still have not been to the Fayetteville Public Library. What are you waiting for? You do not want to miss this space. It is, there's a little bit of something for everyone there. And I really encourage you to check it out for yourself. And if you don't have kids and you haven't really spent time at the library, just make time for yourself because I can't think of a better way to get 1% better every day, but by going to the library. So take that for what it's worth. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. We will be back next week with another episode. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast on a regular basis, wherever you listen to us. And remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud and uh, let us know what you think about it. We'd love to hear from you because we're continuing to create new episodes on a regular basis that people want to hear like this one.
That's all we have for this week. We will see you soon. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.